Hey there, Music Podcast for Kids listeners. This is Mr. Henry, and we want to thank you so much for listening to the show. We absolutely love educating the world all about music. And you know what's pretty cool? You can be a part of our mission as well. If you leave a review, more people can listen to the show. So you can help us with the journey of educating the world all about music. So if you could take a moment to leave a review of the show, we would greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much. That's what we're gonna do Mr. Henry Mr. Fight Exploring along with you Learning music, having fun That's what we're gonna do Mr. Henry Mr. Fight Love hanging out with you The Music Podcast for Kids Hello and welcome to The Music Podcast for Kids We're your hosts, Mr. Henry And Mr. Fight Music Educators Extraordinaire! The Music Podcast for Kids is a fun and educational podcast where we learn and explore the best subject ever. Music! And now the music joke of the day. We love jokes. So if you have a joke, please visit our website, themusicpodcastforkids.com to submit your joke. And guess what? It doesn't even have to be a music joke. It can be any joke. We will read and enjoy your joke on the podcast and also let everyone know who it came from and where you are in this great, big, wonderful music world. Our joke of the day is... This joke comes from a listener of the show, Cormac. What is a chicken's favorite food? Huh? Broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> Broccoli. Make sure to send in your jokes by visiting our website, themusicpodcastforkids.com. A link to the website can be found in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you are enjoying the show so far. Please subscribe to the podcast to receive the latest episodes and leave a review through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, get updates on what we are up to through Facebook and Instagram by finding us at Music Podcast for Kids. Links will be found in the show notes. On to the show! Just chat. Just chat. Just chat. Just chat. Just chat. Just chat, just chatting. Jake Shimabukuro is an American composer and ukulele virtuoso. We had the pleasure to sit down and chat with Jake about his journey with the ukulele and music during his growing up years and throughout his incredible career. A truly amazing performer, composer, and super cool dude to chat with. Here is our fun interview with the one and only Jake Shimabukuro. We have a very special guest with us today on the Music Podcast for Kids. Jake Shimabukuro, thanks for being on the show. Aloha. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> Super stoked to be here. I'm tuning in from Hawaii, Honolulu, Hawaii out here where I was born and raised. So awesome. yeah, thanks for having me on. 
Yes, absolutely. Good stuff. So since we're a music podcast for kids, we always like to ask our special guests how they got started with music. So can you tell us how old you were when you started playing music and where your musical journey took you through your growing up years? Well, I was four years old, and I, so I started when I was a little kid. You know, I was born and raised here in Hawaii, so in the fourth grade, you know, everybody learns how to play the ukulele in elementary school because we learn a lot about Hawaiian culture and things like that. So playing the ukulele is a big part of that, um, you know, part of the class, and uh, we, we, spend, we spend months on, on that uh, in the fourth, fifth, and sometimes even the sixth grade. But I got an early start because my mom played when she was a kid and she learned it too in school. And so when I was, uh, when I was about four, she sat me down, put, put the ukulele. If you've never seen an ukulele, for those of you tuning in, if you've never seen an ukulele, this is a larger ukulele and it's a tenor size. And she told me to just put my finger right here and I played my first chord and I just fell in love with this instrument. Uh, yeah. And I've been playing ever since, you know, so. You know, I, I just feel very fortunate because, um, you know, I, I found something that I was very passionate about, you know, at, at, at a young age. And, and of course, back then, I had no idea that I would be, a, you know, a, a, a I guess, a professional musician sure. or, or whatever you want to call it. But um, so I never thought that, that, that I'd be doing what I'm doing today. But I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, because it's, it's what I love to do and it's what I would be doing anyway, you know, regardless if I could make a living doing it or not. So, yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm so grateful, you know, uh, for my mom, you know, just introduce, introducing this instrument to me. Yeah, that's cool. And did you, so like, as you progressed through school, did they have um, classes that you would take to, within to, to perform ukulele or was, is that something because we don't experience that so much here like we teach kids uh, in elementary school to play ukulele and then usually I don't does it go further from that not, Bruce no not, not really do they do they do that any further down there yeah so normally um, in the beginning um, you know like what my mom taught me you know just my basic chords you know learning learning just basic simple chords um, mm -hmm. That's that's kind of what they what they teach you in the yeah. fourth and fifth grade level, right. uh, and then you learn traditional songs. You and they teach you how to sing them, and you're you're strumming the ukulele and singing these songs. Um, but what happened? What happened uh, in my case? Af when I after a couple years of learning the basic chords from my my mother, she sent me to a very famous school here in Hawaii, and it's. Uh, and it's um, the Roy Sukuma, we just call it Roy Sukuma Ukulele Studios, but it's really the, um, it's really Roy Sukuma's Ukulele School. And I mean, he has, he has taught tens of thousands of, you know, kids. Um, and he was the one who first started uh, the, the, you know, the world's first ukulele festival you know they have ukulele mm -hmm. festivals all of all over the world now and uh last year they just celebrated their 50th annual you know ukulele festival so oh, cool. you know he was truly a visionary and he um he learned from i mean there's there's kind of a, a lineage of of players right who inspired all of the all of the modern players here in hawaii today and it started with a man named eddie kamai and eddie kamai was like the he's recognized as the world's first ukulele virtuoso you know oh, back wow. in the 40s or 50s and he was um 
He was doing all kinds of amazing things on the ukulele that stemmed outside of traditional music. And then after Eddie Kamai, you know, he had a he had um, kind of a the the next the next person was Otasan, who was my biggest inspiration, and he learned from Eddie Kamai, right? Uh-huh. So that's that lineage there, and yeah. you know, Otasan was the one who inspired me to to play the ukulele because I mean he. He didn't sing. He just played instrumental music, but he right. did everything from like traditional Hawaiian songs to he would do arrangements of classical pieces. He would he would do jazz standards and I mean Japanese folk tunes. You know, I so yeah. he was doing a whole a whole bunch of different genres that that uh, that no one you know thought was even possible on the ukulele. Right. right. Then after him, his student was Roy Sakuma. And Roy Sukumo was the one who, you know, he's great. He is a brilliant ukulele player, but he opened up all these schools all across, you know, all across the state. And I was a, a you know, and I was a student of, of Roy. So that's okay. kind of the, the <laughs> gotcha. lineage there. And yeah. at, at the Roy Sukuma school, you know, we didn't just learn how to strum, but we also learned how to how to play um, melody and play single line mm. melody. So that way, if sure. you didn't yeah. sing. People could still recognize the song right. that you were playing. And did they teach you how to tune them? Because yeah, a- tuning was was a must. You had to you had to learn how to tune. And when I was learning, you know, we didn't have these fancy um, uh, electronic chromatic tuners. Mm-hmm. We had those pitch pipes. Ah yes. You know? So yeah. they they had these pitch pipes uh, made specifically for ukulele. So you'd blow into the oh. into the the pipe, and you would get the the A note. Right. And you get the E note, and you'd kind of tune it to the pitch pipe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I, I had one of those growing up, and um, and of course the tuning fork, right? You get you have the yep. tuning fork, yep. and you can tune the first string, which is tuned to an A, and then a, you can tune right. all the other strings to that to that string. Yeah. So, and you have some bad news about your dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, so my dog has fleas, right? Oh, has kind of been um, Sorry something that, that I, I just I, I didn't realize how how uh, strange, you know, that that could sound to someone because I was born and raised here and everyone sure. says that. Right. Sure. <laughs> right. We would say my dog has fleas, but I'm not just say the phrase, but we would sing the phrase. My dog has fleas. So we would sing those <laughs> notes to, to my dog has fleas. And that's how we would check the tuning because right. uh, in the early days, you know, there was no standardized way of learning the ukulele. I mean, a lot of times, you know, when, when I would talk to the old timers who would play, they didn't even know the names of their of the chords. Mm. So like, for example, yeah. here, I'll <laughs> show you a quick example. They would use, yeah. uh, they, they would basically make up their own vocabulary. So so they knew this was a C chord. They would call this C. But then when, when they would go to the four chord or as it was or the F chord, right? Right. They mm-hmm. would call this second C. And the reason oh. they called it second C is because that was usually the chord in the songs. If they're After. playing a song in the key of C, that was usually the second chord. <laughs> sure. In the song. So they would right. call this, oh, second C, back to C. You know, second C. Oh, that's so, so it, funny. It was a, um, they had their own terminology. Um, so back then, you know, a lot of them didn't know that this was a G note and this was a, you know, a C, like, the, you know, like middle C on the piano. And then you right. have the E above middle C and the A above that middle C, right? Yeah. So they would just remember, you know, by ear, they would just remember, da, 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 right? And right. of course, 
somehow they came up with that mind as please they came up with that <laughs> phrase and i think it has something to do with the name of the ukulele because if you right. if you break down the word ukulele in in the native hawaiian language uh uku means flea and lele means jumping right so ukulele yeah. is really the jumping flea or flea jumping so <laughs> i think you know that's probably where the flea reference yes. comes from yeah <laughs> i mean yeah. I, i'm assuming i don't know that's for awesome. sure yeah but you know but the ukulele was um it, it was people have different ways of looking at it you know i a lot of times i and, and a lot of scholars will, will say that the ukulele was born they they use they use the 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 word born in hawaii because yeah. it was the result of of the uh of a, a hybrid of two portuguese instruments mm -hmm. that came over to the islands you know from the portuguese uh, immigrants who came over right. here it was right. the rajao and the machete and the machete was a small little four string instrument really tiny right that 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 you that you could hold and and play it was the size of what the modern day standard size ukulele is today but then there was also another instrument that was larger called the rajao and the rajao had five strings but the interesting thing about the rajao is it had the re-entrant tuning so that was it would start with a low string okay. and then it would get higher <clears throat> but then it would jump down to a low string again and then get gradually get higher oh, wow. okay. so so the the first four strings of the rajao where it's high string low higher higher okay minus the fifth string which was another bass string that's the actual tuning of oh. the traditional tuning of the ukulele oh, okay. so you have the re-entrant where you have the high string and then the low higher higher right my dog has fleas yep. but the rajao had one more bass string above this string okay. so if you think of the modern day ukulele it's really the tuning of the rajao minus the low string <laughs> but it's the size of the machete. machete yeah wow that's super cool that's fascinating pretty yeah. interesting right? yeah, it, so. is. <laughs> it is so um you had a lot of success in japan and hawaii in the early 2000s um, and during that time one video that made a pretty big difference um, was the uh, viral video of my guitar gently weeps um, could you give us some background on why you made the video and how that went viral sure you know so when i first started out um when i was uh this this and this was like gosh i'm i i'm ashamed to say <laughs> the the year because i can't believe it's been that long right but so back in uh back in you know the mid 90s i actually had uh, my first band and it was a band called pure heart we released uh several records that are out of print now but um but you know, we 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 basically performed uh, in Hawaii. We did you know a bunch of traditional and um, and contemporary you know Hawaiian music, um, and we would take famous songs uh, and we would play them in a way that had more of like what we would call the island feel yeah, you know cool. back then so we would take songs like you know like hey baby you know hey hey baby right yeah. so we would take songs like that and we would yeah. just kind of reharmonize them or just change the rhythm a bit to kind of fit more of like the kind of island music we grew up listening to yeah um and so so we had you know we had a a good bit of success you know here in in the islands um, 
And then, uh, and then after that, later on in 1999, um, I started up a second band, and we started. And our lead singer, uh, he his his influences were more like acoustic rock and you know folk singers, uh, singer songwriters. So we started. Uh, so we started doing it. It forced me to kind of branch out a little bit, and that's when I started getting a little bit more experimental with the ukulele. You know, because we would do these kind of like these uh, classic rock tunes, right? And so then sometimes the 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 natural sound of the ukulele didn't quite fit the vibe of what our our lead singer was going for. So that's when I started incorporating more like effect pedals, you know, distortion mm. pedals, you yeah. know, getting this kind of sound. You know, as opposed to just the yeah, right. So now yeah. I, I had I had this this I had access to to different colors and just mm. you know different options, right? Mm -hmm. Depending on the song that we were playing. So uh, so then you know I started experimenting with that. And I thought that was kind of cool. And then in 2000, uh, that's when I started branching out and doing more solo things. And then finally in 2001, I got my first major uh, record deal, and it was with Sony Music Japan. So in Japan, you know they've they've always had a, a great fascination, you know, with with the ukulele and Hawaiian culture and traditional Hawaiian music. And in fact, Otasan, who I spoke about earlier, you know, who's one of my heroes. I mean, he was like. I mean, he was, he had such a huge career in Japan, you know, they just loved him, you know, so for me, it was always kind of my dream to like do concerts in Japan as well. Yeah. So I got my first uh, record deal in Japan, was basically spending like six to eight months a year out there doing shows. I had my own radio program. I was doing TV shows, commercials wow. and wow. doing concerts. Yeah. And I was having a blast because I love, sure. you know, I mean, I'm, I'm a fifth generation, you know, Japanese American. So just connecting with, uh, with the, the culture there, oh, yeah. you know, was, was yep. incredible. Um, and then fast forward, uh, fast forward, you know, to 2004, 2005, I started having opportunities to perform not just in Japan, but in, and, and Hawaii, but, uh, you know, in California and in New York. So the first time I got invited to New York, it was for a, um, it was like an Asian American uh, kind of music arts festival. So I was a part of that. So I went up there for the first time. I did a show at BB King's and wow. it was so much, you know, I was just so blown away, just wow. over, never been to New York before, you know? So I was just like so overwhelmed <laughs> by the, the lights, the lifestyle. I mean, everything, yeah. it just, it was incredible. So it was like everything I had seen on television right up <laughs> right. until that point. So I, uh, and then while I was there, there was a, a, a couple of guys who, who did this. It, was, it, wasn't, it wasn't like a, it wasn't really like a podcast, but it was like a little TV show that they would do. And, and it was called Ukulele Disco. And what they would do <laughs> is they would, just, they would just interview people who were enthusiastic about the ukulele. So they heard I was coming up to, uh, to New York to do the show and they reached out to my manager. It was like, Oh my goodness, you know, we, we want to interview Jake and, you know, and it was interesting because at the time I had no idea anybody knew who I was right outside of Hawaii or Japan. So I was right. like, yeah, sure, let's do this. And <laughs> so we went to Central Park, uh, we did a short interview and then they, they asked if I would play a song. So since I was, since uh, at the time I was working on this uh, solo 
arrangement of George Harrison's While My Guitar Gently Weeps because I'm a huge George Harrison fan. So yeah. I played that and it aired on TV. I came back home to Hawaii. And then a few months later, a lot of my friends who were living um, on the mainland or going to school, you know, like in college, universities and all that, they, right. they called me and they were like, oh my goodness, everyone's talking about this video of you playing in yeah. Central Park. And so this is 2005, right? And back and and back then you people there, there was you weren't emailing videos to people right that no, was right you right. really had to know what you were doing to do something like that so they're mm -hmm. like yeah i'm going to email you this thing and just, just you know we didn't even i don't even think it was called a link back then they're like yeah, yeah just click on this thing or you know, i think you have to copy copy it and put it in your bar or something right, like. right. but anyway so i so i did that and then a clip from that TV show popped up and I was like, oh my goodness. And back then already, you know, it already had millions and millions of views. Wow. Yeah, wow. And uh, so it was really amazing. I was like, wait, I don't understand how people are seeing this. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, but that's what really started this touring career for me. And, I, and, yeah. and after that experience, you know, I was able to tour with other bands and collaborate with other musicians, you know, people that I never thought I'd be able to collaborate with. You know, I know, I know you've had Tommy Emmanuel on your show and, yep. you know, he was one of the guys who kind of took me under his wing early on and oh, took me all over man. Europe, all over Australia. And, awesome. yeah. you know, I was like, oh, this is amazing. You know, Bela Fleck and the Flecktones, oh, yeah. they, they were the first yeah. tour that I got to jump on oh, wow. uh, back That's in 2005 awesome. after that video went viral. You know, Bela yeah. was like, man, we gotta, you know, we wanna, <laughs> we wanna take you out on the road with us. I was like, Oh my goodness, are you serious? <laughs> yeah, yeah that's right. So there I am, you know, I, uh, back in 2005, I'm like up there with the Flectones and, yeah. and standing between, you know, uh, Bela Fleck and Victor Wooten and, and just Wooten. losing yeah. my mind. It's like, amazing. what is going on? Yeah. So, you know, and that's that's what kind of started all of this. And, uh, and yeah, I'm just, I'm so, so grateful, man. I mean, I, I just, uh, I remember having a, a little, um, I got to do something over at a, at YouTube, you know, at their at their headquarters one year. This was this was a long time ago, you know, probably like in 2008 or 2009. And yeah, they were saying that, you know, that Central Park video, that that was one of the one of the first videos of theirs to go viral. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I was just really, you know, at at the right place, uh, in the right place at the right time. Right. And, you know, George Harrison loved the ukulele, right? You know, it was one of his yes. favorite instruments yeah. and he loved spreading the joy and, and his love for the ukulele to people. And that's why I used to tell people like, I think George Harrison up in heaven is like still using the internet to yeah. help spread his love for the ukulele. Yeah, know? exactly, so right. I, I, um, yeah, so I, I'm just, yeah, it was an amazing experience. Yeah, that's amazing. Wow. And cool. and your teachers, of course, have been a big influence on you. Mm, and yes. um, it's kind of a two-part question. So a lot of our listeners are kids, and some of them might want to learn how to play the ukulele. Mm -hmm. um, so you also have a master class now. I'm actually working through your, your master class on oh, Masterclass. Oh, thanks. And uh, nothing against any of the other folks that are on there, but you go really in-depth and really teach you know, things you can really take away from that lesson instead of it just being just ideas. You've got hands-on, take this and practice it and work this out and give it your own twist. And I love that about your class. So thank you. first of all, how, how did you prepare for the masterclass experience, that whole thing? And then on top of that, what, what what's some advice you would give a beginner uh, ukulele player as they get started on their ukulele journey? 
Oh, well, yeah. Well, for, yeah. Well, thank, first of all, thank you so much. Um, I, you know, I was a fan of, of mass of that masterclass.com thing before the, before I even got asked, you know, cause I, um, I remember, uh, one of my close buddies, he's a musician friend of mine. He said, Oh, he just seen Herbie Hancock on this, on this thing called masterclass.com. And I was like, what, what is this? I got to go look it up. So <laughs> yeah. I, I went online and, uh, and saw it and I was like, wow, I was looking through, you know, the names that they had on that. I mean, they had like, you know, I mean, just the musicians, yeah. like it's Pearlman, you know, they had, um, I mean, they, it just, uh, Steve, Steve Martin did a, Oh yeah. Steve Martin. <laughs> I watched that one. That one was, that was so brilliant, you know, but they had like Danny Elfman and all these, yeah. you know, famous movie composers. And right. so, uh, Hans Zimmer, right. He, yeah, he did, uh, he did yeah. one. Um, uh, but anyways, to make, to, to make a long story short, I was like, man, I got to get on this thing. Cause this is incredible. <laughs> and, oh, and my, my, uh, my oldest son was really into magic and Penn and Teller had one too. Oh, yeah, so I, cool. I just, I just, I went all in, <laughs> I subscribed, you know, uh, for, for everything. And, um, and I just, I just loved it. You know, I watched, I watched, uh, almost every class, you know, that was available at the time. And since the time I, I joined till, till now, I mean, they've just, put on so many other, oh, yeah. so many amazing yeah. classes. But anyway, so, um, so I was, I was subscribing for a few months and then one day my manager calls me up and he goes, Hey, have you ever heard of this thing called masterclass? And I was like, Oh, how'd you know? And I was, so, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, Oh yeah, yeah. I, I, I subscribe. I watch it all the time. He goes, Oh yeah. They want you to do one on ukulele. Yeah. And I said, no way. That's I said, awesome. no way. So he said, yeah. <laughs> so I was so blown away. And, um, and, you know, but the, the process was, was incredible. You know, they, um, I got to work with the team so closely and they, they're brilliant. You know, they're so good at organizing the ideas. So all I had to come up with, with was, you know, just the concept and the ideas and the songs and the techniques and all the things that I wanted to, to teach or to, to demonstrate or showcase or, right. and just kind of my goals for what I, what the takeaways were, were going to be. And they were they were so good um, at at helping me to organize everything, you know, coming up with the with the um, with the 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 cheat sheets and things like that, right. and, and um, yeah, and they they just they made everything look and sound so great. <laughs> when when I arrived, it was in L.A. And, and when I arrived on set, it was like they were shooting a Hollywood movie. You know? <laughs> there was like fifty or sixty people on set. They had oh, wow, wow. Cool wardrobe they had like you know they had a gajillion lights and 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 people just kind of taking care of every little aspect um so yeah so it, it was just it was just amazing to see how much effort and care and passion mm -hmm. you know that goes into right. all the different um you know i mean just just the, the whole series so we shot mine in, in two days and, uh, oh, wow. and you know, we'd cool. get there in the morning and we would shoot all day until like right. five or 6 PM. And, yeah. and you know, then I'd go back to my hotel, come back the next morning and shot all day again. And, and yeah, and I was so happy with the way it turned out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so prep wise, you know, it was, um, and, and it, of course, of course for me too, I'd never done anything like that. So I was so nervous and, you know, <laughs> but they really helped to, to uh, to make me feel so comfortable and uh, and I could just just 
you know, relax and just, just, they, they just want me to just be myself and, you know, just, just be yourself. Pretend, right. pretend all these cameras aren't, aren't on you right, <laughs> right. now. Right? Sure. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was an awesome experience. And then, uh, and I'm sorry. And the second question, uh, the was kids, about, kids who were thinking about, uh, playing oh, yeah. ukulele, how would you, what, what advice would you give them as they start out with it? Yeah. So I, you know, I always love to, I, for me, you know, music is, I tell people that the instrument, I, I may have said this on the mask in the mask class, I, I'm not sure, but you know, the instrument is just, is just an illusion, you know? So if any kind of any art form or anything that you're doing, right. It, you have to learn to the, the, the art form is, is really figuring out how to be in touch with the things that are inside of you and what you're feeling and your, your own vision and your, you know, your own creativity and figuring out how to get that to, to someone else or to a mass audience or, or whatever. Right. And, right. and that's, that's, that's the part. So like, so like this, you know, is, is really ju just the illusion, right? You have to create it inside of you first. Mm -hmm. So I always tell people like, it doesn't matter what chord you're playing or what note you're playing, you know, you have to feel that note or that chord inside of you first, yeah. right? So like before I play something, it's not just putting my finger here and just doing this, right? That's so mechanical, right. but it's about like, I, I want to, I want to visualize, I, you know, in, in my brain, I want to hear that sound and I want to feel that sound. I want to know what my body is going to feel like. So physically, mentally, and even, you know, e emotionally or spiritually, sure. I'm invested in yes. that, in that thing that I'm going to, that I'm going to do. And it all just comes together. So when you play that chord, you know, like I'm letting it like resonate with every part of, of who I am and, and wow. my being. And, and I think that's, that's the, that's the, the most important thing, you know, so yeah. no matter what you're doing and learning to not just, um, it's not just about playing the instrument and music is not just happening. You know, when you have your instrument and you're playing a song, like right. music is happening when you're, when you're having a conversation with someone, you know, it, music is happening in, in the way that you shake someone's hand or the way you put your arm around a buddy or the way you, you, hug, you hug your parent or your child or, uh, or the way you treat people around you, you know? I mean, it's all those feelings and those, the, that connection and all those things that you're experiencing, like that's what, that's what you're recreating or that's what you're doing when you're holding your instrument and you're playing your songs and expressing yourself and connecting with people, right? So. So don't just get so caught up in, in, in what you're doing, like right, right here, right. you know, but, but really internalize and, 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 you know, just express that, you know, that's why I, that's why I love watching when, when, like when my kids were, you know, they couldn't even play chords yet because their fingers weren't strong enough to hold the mm -hmm. right. strings out, but they would, they would hold it, you know, hold the instrument and, and they would just be you know, because they'd, they'd be trying to mimic me, but yeah. you know, like, like they're like, oh, you know, I'm, I'm daddy, you know, and I'm doing this. So they're, they're, but, but that feeling that they're having when they're right. doing that doesn't matter what chords they're playing or if it doesn't right. sound, you know, what it sounds like. They are expressing a feeling and an emotion, and they're visualizing something in their head, and they're, and they, they think they're, they're, that's, that's what they're doing, right? right? Yes. And that's the. And that's what you can't lose. You don't want to lose that, right? Because we have that as, as kids. But then when we get older, we're like, oh, I got to be cool or, oh, <laughs> you know, right, I got to do this or I got to present myself a certain way. Mm -hmm. But if you can get back to that raw, like innocent, 
you know, you're not even worried about what anyone else is thinking right. and you yeah. just have something in your mind or inside of you that, that you're just trying to do and you don't care what you look like or you don't right. care what other people think. That's, that's the part, you know, that I had to relearn because as I got older, I was like, okay, I'm missing something. But once I learned to reconnect with that, that side of it, you know, the, the, yeah. the, the child, the, 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 the inner child, I guess, in me, yeah, like sure. that's when things started to really change. And I felt so connected with the, with the instrument, with the music, with everything that I was doing with the people around me. And, you know, so we can't lose sight of that. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. That's super cool. So I so, just realized I have paint on my phone. Oh. <laughs> I saw that in the camera. I was like, oh, shucks. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was um, just kind of doing some, doing some painting in the back there. So oh, yeah, I guess awesome. I didn't wash up good. <laughs> so you've had obviously a great deal of success with playing the ukulele, but you also have a big emphasis on giving back to the community. So can you tell us about the Four String um, Foundation and the impact it's having? Yeah, you know, um, I used to have a couple of nonprofits before. You know, the Four String, Four Strings Foundation was one. Prior to that, I had another nonprofit called Music Is Good Medicine, and I, I just, um, you know, currently, currently, I don't have my own nonprofit right now. Uh, mm -hmm. And the reason for that is because I found out that you know there are um, so many nonprofits out there that basically had the same mission that oh. that I that I had. Mm -hmm. or even better than I could have come <laughs> up with on my own. So, uh, so I started joining all of these other nonprofits, you know, so now I sit on the That's board cool. for several different music nonprofits and, sure. um, oh, wow. and I just, you know, and I, and now I can use my, my resources and my energy to carry out the same mission, you know, and, yeah. uh, and, and, you know, be helpful to them. So we're not all trying to fight for the same, yeah. you know, the same resources and right. and all yep. of that. And it just it just made a lot more sense to me, you know. So um, so that that's that's been you know that that was a big epiphany for me at at one point. And the nice thing now is that you know is that I I I can extend myself to to help you know mul multiple nonprofits. Right. You know, and it doesn't yeah. always have to be music related, right? Mm -hmm. it, it can be, you know, my, my wife is a, she's a medical doctor. So now it's been wonderful to be able to, um, to support, you know, some of these other uh, nonprofits that, that help families, you know, with, 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 uh, with children who have like lifelong illnesses mm, and sure. being able yeah. to support them. You know, I'm, I'm also a big supporter with my wife used to be on, on the board for, um, for the, uh, uh, the uh, for for Ash, which which is which stands for Autism Society of Hawaii, mm -hmm. you know. So being able to to uh, to work with some of the some of the uh, the students and you know yeah. and just kind of and see how music really transforms their their whole personality and just just um, you know especially the the ukulele, and I think the ukulele, you know, and I'm probably probably biased because. <laughs> Uh, because I, it's the instrument that I play, but I, I don't, not that I know a lot of stringed instruments, but the ukulele to me is one of the few stringed instruments where you can play full chords with just one finger, right? Mm -hmm. So like, for example, right. the, the first thing I, I always teach kids when, when we play the first chord I teach them is, is the C7 chord. 
because it's so simple. You can just tell them bottom left-hand corner. Put your index finger <laughs> in the bottom left-hand corner of the instrument right, right there. And that's your C7, nice. which is the five chord of F. And the way I teach them F is I just tell them to just put your finger up one string. They jump it up. Now, technically, this is an F, an F with an added with an added G and an add two or an add nine, right? right. So you can, and, and as you know, with the one and the five chord, you can play hundreds yep. of songs, right? <laughs> so right. the first thing I always teach them is, okay, you know, because we start with the C7, you know, Beatles, love, love me do, you know, I love you, right? And then, yeah. and then if you start with the F, you can do, you know, uh, like, uh, Roll, roll, roll your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, 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 merrily. Life is but a dream, right? Yeah. Spider yeah. went up the water spot. Down <laughs> the rain. So there's just, just tons of things that, that you can do. Um, this is another one that, that the kids really love. And, uh, and one of the other chords that, that you can play on the ukulele, it's the, the easiest chord is this chord, you know, because it doesn't require anything with your left hand. It's right. just the open strings. Yeah. And so, you know, you can call this a C6, you can call it an A minor 7, you know, I mean, there's various mm -hmm. names uh, for, for this open chord here, but we're going to use it as like a, like an A minor 7. So I teach mm -hmm. them the C chord, right? Because if you're at the C7, you just move up to the C, move up to the third, the third fret, and that's a C. Okay, and the next chord is open, A minor 7, and next chord, you're going to go to the F, which is just the one that we learned earlier, like that. Yeah. And then the fourth chord, the fourth chord is back to that, the A minor seven again, right? So you strum each one four times and check this out. You go right, let go, add the F and let go, right? And that's the whole progression. And it's that song from Trolls. Remember that Justin Timberlake one, right? Yeah. I got this feeling. Oh, yeah. Inside, inside my, my bones. bones. That's right. <laughs> it goes electric, baby, when I turn it on. Right? Yeah, da, exactly. da, da, da. And it's just so oh, simple. You know, beautiful. kids are doing this. Yeah. I tell them, this is the best chord because you can scratch your ear while you're playing. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh, my nose is itchy. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. Now, I'm not yeah. a singer or anything, but, you know, once, once we start doing that, it's like, it's like, it doesn't matter how old you are, you know, you just light yeah. up and you're like, I'm, I'm playing the ukulele, right? I'm playing yeah. an instrument. Yes. And, you know, so that's what, that's what I love about it is it's the, the, you know, you get that immediate gratification. And to me, you know, when, when you can have that immediate gratification, it's inspiring, you know, because right away you're, um, you're excited and you're, um, you know, you're, you're, you're feeling that, that, that rush of like, wow, I'm actually playing, I'm actually doing it. And what that does is it automatically, you know, the first time you pick up the instrument, you're, you are immediately, you know, you have this positive experience with right. it already. Yeah. Right. So now, you know, even though you've, you were just doing this for five minutes, you're like, whoa, this is fun. This is cool. So when you see it again, you associate that feeling that, that first, you know, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, um, that first impression, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. That first impression with a musical instrument now is very positive. It's fun. It's like, it's encouraging because you're like, I can do this. I'm doing yeah. it, right? Yeah. And I think that's what, that's for me, it was like, oh my goodness, because I felt that then I immediately, the second time I went to pick it up again, you know, I didn't, I didn't associate the instrument with pain and hard right. work and right. commitment and yeah. like, you know, <laughs> and tons of money in, in music lessons or anything like right. that. Right? right. So, so I think that's one of the, 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 the wonderful, um, 
uh, you know, one of many wonderful things about, about the ukulele. And uh, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just, I don't know. I, I think there's something so, um, I don't know, something about it that just, it just brings brings so much joy, you know, when yeah. you just hear it. It's just, yes. yeah, I don't know. And it that really connection, does, yeah. but it, a lot of it could be, you know, I was just I was just <laughs> growing up in Hawaii, and I, I would hear it all the time, <laughs> everywhere. I mean, at every party, someone strumming the ukulele and playing, and yeah, right. yeah. So, yeah. But, but hearing yeah. hearing how you connect uh, connect with showing the chords and everything reminded me at the end of your master class the the uh, saying Okage Sama Day. Um, mm. And uh, what does that mean? Where I think we're experiencing it now, actually. But uh, what does that mean, and how can that be applied in our musical life and um, even life in general? As we- yeah, so okage samade is a Japanese phrase that means, um, you know, I I am what I am because of you. So honoring, you know, like how we were talking about earlier, you know, Eddie Kamai, right? The mm-hmm. lineage of Eddie Kamai to Otasan to Roy Sukuma, and then Roy Sukuma was a direct teacher. Uh, for for me, um, you know, it's it's honoring those in the past that uh, it's like standing on on the shoulders of those who came before you, right? You know, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, my success is really uh, the it's it's because of of the the people who provided that, you know, who who provided this for me, and so then it, it ties into like you were talking about the whole community aspect thing or, or giving, you know, that, that whole feeling of, of giving back, right? Mm-hmm. Because everything that I have, I, I feel was, was given to me. I, I'm, I get to, um, I, I get to reap the, the benefits of the ones who sacrificed for me. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so it, it's, it's that, that whole concept, um, you know, really hit home uh, when, when, when I was a kid and so now I, I'm realizing that, you know, well, I, I have to continue that, right? So it's not like, oh, I, I worked hard and I, I, everything I have, I worked hard for it and earned it. <laughs> no, you know, it's, I mean, of course you can look at it that way because, you sure. know, we, we work hard, but, you know, mm-hmm. so many of, uh, like when I think about, because I'm a fifth generation Japanese American, right? right? So when I think of my great, great grandparents who first came to this country, now, they worked hard and yeah. they sacrificed a lot, <laughs> yeah. right? And yeah. so it's looking beyond just your own generation, mm-hmm. right? It's looking beyond, you know, previous generations sure, and how sure, how there was a long-term goal, right? So what I'm experiencing today was a vision that my great-great-grandparents had that one day, mm. you know, if not her children and not her grandchildren and maybe her great-grandchildren or maybe her great-great-grandchildren, will be able to, to have um, uh, happiness and, and, and achieve, you know, a, a kind of success or, or even a, a get, you know, get educated and, you know, go to be able to go to school and be able to get a good yeah. job and, you know, be able to, to own a house one day, you know, like things like that, you know, things right. that they never, they never could have, but they would sacrifice and work hard because they knew that not for themselves, because they knew all this hard work would not benefit them. But it was they knew one day, you know, somewhere down the line, it would benefit the lineage, right? And so that's that's the whole idea of Okage Sama Day, and uh, and that's that's um, and to me that that's that's so important. Right? Oh, I'm so sorry. And then <laughs> that's that's, okay. that's important because, you know, we're not, 
you know, it's, it's just, it just puts you in a place of appreciation, you know, right. and just really, yeah. truly being grateful for everything that you have. So, yeah, it's awesome. Well, Jake Shimabukuro, we've really enjoyed uh, hanging out with you, getting to know you. So thanks so much for taking the time to chat with us on the music podcast for kids. We wish you all the best as you continue to share the beautiful and versatile sounds of the ukulele with the world. So thank you so much. Thanks again. Oh, thank thank you so much. This was such a such a joy, and um, and uh, yeah, I just um, can I say a quick message to to the kids that are watching? Absolutely, yes. Yeah, please. Well, one of the things that that I always like to like to say is you know, um, you know, to all to all the kids that are watching, you know, like uh, I just want to encourage you to just try a lot of different things. You know, find your passion, find something that you love. I started playing the ukulele, as you know now, from the age of four. And, you know, and, and luckily, you know, that, that grew into to my, to the passion that I still have today. But for you, maybe something else, you may have a passion for medicine and you want to be a doctor someday or a passion for teaching, uh, you know, for education, you want to be a teacher or a passion for photography, what, whatever it is. Or maybe you have a passion for communication and one day you want to have your own podcast like this and, you know, and inspire kids all, all over the world and you know whatever it is that you want to do just you know study 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 practice 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 you know my mom used to always tell me she doesn't care what I do in life as long as I strive to be the best that I can you know at it and the last thing I want to say is be drug free you know I've been drug free my whole life you don't need drugs and um, yeah, yeah and, you know that's all I wanted to say just thank you so much for your time you know thank you for having me on absolutely awesome. thank you thank you all right aloha Time to wrap it up, folks. Thank you so much for tuning into the Music Podcast for Kids. We hope you enjoyed the show, and most importantly, learned something cool today about music. Remember to send in your jokes or even a topic in music you would like us to discuss by visiting our website, themusicpodcastforkids.com. If you are interested in awesome educational and fun songs for your kids to listen and sing along with, please visit brucefight.com. Music is available to download with iTunes, CD Baby, and Facebook. And most streaming platforms like Spotify and Amazon Radio. Links will be found in the show notes. If you are interested in learning how to play the piano with a fun and engaging curriculum geared toward kids, please subscribe to Mr. Henry's YouTube channel called Mr. Henry's Music World. Links will be found in the show notes. Please visit iTunes to leave a review of the podcast and also share the podcast with friends, relatives, aliens, whoever. Again, we thank you so much for tuning in.